recording at or in in the last office on the right at cross point fellowship and i'm here with my buddy tracy fields and i'm emily higgins and today we are going to talk about sunday's sermon which was on judging wow let's talk about being judgy <laughs> i knew he was going to talk about this on sunday and i, I was know. like dadgummit that's the thing about expositional preaching i know you know it's yeah, coming it's coming um <laughs> Yeah. But it didn't hurt any less. No, it didn't. It didn't. No. Um, the The passage was from uh, Matthew 7, and uh, it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Mm -hmm. And with the measure you use it, um, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in someone else's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Mm -hmm. How can you say, let me take this speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank um, out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from the other person's eye. Do not give to the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under the fe their feet and then turn and hear, oh, sorry, tear you to pieces. <laughs> Again, I don't have the light shining on that one area. <laughs> Um, so we did not cover that last passage there, that last, uh, portion. I think it's verse six of do not give to the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. Uh, yeah, he kind of touched on it a little bit, touched on a little bit, but not really kind mm -hmm. of went, you know, yeah, kind of being able to just discern dogs, pigs, and pearls. exactly. Yeah. And showing, yeah, that, that obviously, um, there is, this isn't what it appears to be initially because all throughout scripture, he showed where we are called to be discerning mm -hmm. because there's, there's places in the Bible where it talks about, you know, as we used to call it like fruit inspectors in a sense where you're <laughs> yeah. showing people who bear fruit and people who are fruitless, people who yeah. are wise and people who are foolish. So we're not these little robotic characters Machines. who just, yeah, who yeah. just kind of stroll around, you know, um, caring only for ourselves. Right. So um, what did you think about this? What was your initial, did you take notes this week or did you just listen? I, I did take notes this week. Thank you for the setup. <laughs> I just don't have them in front of me currently. Listen, it's a busy week. It's, it's, it's been, been a busy, busy week. Yeah. Turns out when things start opening back up, your schedule starts filling back up and it does, you know, that's okay. It's all good things, but I walked out without my notes. But I do, this topic is pretty, you know, hits close to the chest because it's something that's in front of our faces all the time. You know, like to, to judge that fast, to think some way about someone. Right. And I think our natural state is we view ourselves higher. Than yeah. that person that we're going, yeah. why'd you do it that way? Yeah. What is, you know, like you already have a stance on it. Yeah. I love, and, and I wrote this down. In fact, I didn't have my pen in my hand. And when he said this, I started moving around real quick and <laughs> grabbed it. When he said, viewing yourself as righteous 
equates to treating others with contempt. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, I pray often that the Lord will make me the type of person that when I see someone do something and I have that immediate reaction to want to be angry or to be judgmental or to assume motive mm-hmm. that I pause long enough to say, you know, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not reading this rightly right. uh, because I am not right. <laughs> yeah. And help me to look at them the way Christ looks mm-hmm. at them, mm-hmm. you know, um, asking God to give us his eyes in a situation and to go in low in every situation. Yes. Oh, it's so difficult for me. Oh, it is because we think we have the right answer. (laughs) And I think with all of our, you know, the different stations in life where Mm -hmm. we're at, like our different statuses, like that I'm constantly like evaluating with my kids, for instance, Mm -hmm. constantly evaluating like, well, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And is that a good situation? And, Mm -hmm. you know, there, I think that, now I felt this way. I don't know if this is accurate from what you picked up that the word that he used that when he interpreted the, the word judgment, mm-hmm. he said it was crino and it meant to evaluate, discern, condemn. There was a lot of space there. A lot. And discern was what I kept going back to mm-hmm. is that it sounds like from this text, along with the other text that we look at that, that we looked at that, that we weren't being told to be mindless. Right. But that, you know, as Ben said, there was a space there to make some discerning judgments mm-hmm. between um, not motive necessarily, but right. um, but evaluation. And, and, and I think to take more into account than that one instance. Yes. Discern to me sounds um, slow and mindful to, like to consider. Yeah to be able to make a decision. You know what I mean? And so you've got to that really quick instant response is not a mindful discernment. Well, and I think that God created us with emotion Mm -hmm. and, and obviously a very complex brain for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Greg and quoting someone else often says, you know, that we feel our way through life, Mm -hmm. you know, that, um, most of us make decisions based on feeling. Yeah. And I, I tend to think in that, I don't think that there's a negative slant to that one way or the other. I right. just think it's how we're created. Yeah. Um, well, until you push further into what's going on, it's your instant, it's what you have to go on. Well, initially, exactly. And I loved one of the things that he said is that, that, that Ben said is that we come um, by an unbalanced judgment pretty naturally. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, that's right. I was like, pretty naturally, very naturally. Yeah. Let's ratchet that up a couple of notches, you know? You know, I mean, very naturally. Mm-hmm. I tend to. It's so instant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like breathing. Ugh. And I think that's it makes where. Makes me feel yicky. Well, yeah. I think that's where this idea of taking your thoughts captive mm-hmm. comes into play. Yeah. And why we're, you know, we're doing the the young adult retreat this weekend. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is why this is so important because, you know, um, the story that we tell ourselves, the narrative that we live by um, influences everything. And so if I'm not seeing myself as a worshiper, but I'm seeing myself as a victim constantly, Mm -hmm. then every single interaction I have with someone when, when it's a negative interaction in my interpretation, then it, it, then it continues this, 
mindset that I'm the victim or I'm being harmed or I'm being um, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it's so important that we're evaluating even ourselves the way the text says that, you know, we have a plank in our eyes, which makes us clumsy, Mm -hmm. which makes us, you know, we need medical help at that point mm-hmm. did you what did you think about that when well, ben said a, that when you are saying that about the plank in your eye it's just made me think like it just blinds us yes. we can't you can't see clearly so then you're not observing the situation well right. you know like or wisely i was thinking on sunday when ben was talking about you know that's why we are inviting people into our lives to yes. help us with that plank and he was talking about i, I had this I think he said this, I shared with Emily, I was a little distracted on Sunday because of children. Kids, man. Man, <laughs> we had a really great morning at the Fields household. Can I tell you something funny? Will you remember what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Can I, let me tell you. Tell me. Funny. This is what they say at the fire station, like on Todd's crew, because we don't have children. Right. A lot of them do. Most of them do. And you know, they're always like, you guys need to have kids. Why do you guys have kids? But then they come in oh, yeah. to, to the shift and they're like, oh my God, my kid was up all night barfing, <laughs> all in the bed. And Todd's like, what? why would we have kids? So you know what they say now? Right. Kids are great. And so every time someone's <laughs> like, you guys need, or, you know, you didn't have kids, whatever. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I swear I'm going to take my kid. I'm going to kick my kid into next year. And, right. and we're like. Kids are great. Yeah, they are. <laughs> well, that's what I always say is like, I, unless you have any ideas about what's going on in the Fields household every week, it's the <laughs> same thing that's going on in your household, maybe worse. But anyway, um, yeah. So Sunday morning, I was, what, what I share here today maybe slanted just because I was maybe not hearing everything as accurately as I should have. <laughs> but the picture that I had in my head, and I can't remember if Ben actually said this, or if this is just what I walked away with was me being in this wood shop. He talked about how yeah. this was so appropriate because even thinking about Jesus growing up in a carpenter's uh-huh. home and having this bloody accident mm. where I have this plank in my eye and I'm trying to maneuver around mm-hmm. this shop, basically, with all of this equipment, you know. Ding, ding, ding. Listen, listen, something <laughs> you don't know about me. When I transferred to Cattle Mills High School, when I was a sophomore in high school, this uh-huh. is no lie. Oh gosh. I was not the dainty little lady that you see before you today, <laughs> exuding feminism. <laughs> Feminine qualities. I'm not a feminist, but feminine qualities. I had long hair down to the middle of my back. I was a a bow head. Oh yeah. I can get you one. A Baylor bow head. I was going to Baylor. Had the Baylor sticker on the back of my little car. A Baylor. Huge bow. Bow head. I dressed, you know, I was not the picture of femininity that you see today. But anyway, um, Long story short, I transferred from a 5A school to a 1A school. And the only thing that would fit into my schedule and the only class they offered was woodshop. Do you know this? Mm-mm. I don't know that I share. No, but I just took a big drink of water. <laughs> I don't know that I share this all the time with people. But anyway. Oh, my gosh. So I go into woodshop. Did you build something? 
Well, I broke the bandsaw the first day. Do you know what that was? What the bandsaw is? Yikes. Because yes. I shoved a piece of wood through the little, well, it's obviously. got a little skinny little. It does. Well, so he, he was not happy with me. Okay. You don't say. But then they, they got it fixed, you know, so that the rest of the class could use it. And then after careful instruction, I did it again. And so I was banned from the bandsaw and banned from doing anything in the class the rest of the year. So I just sat in the class. So you got credit for a class you didn't do anything in? Yes. So yeah. I sat in the class. America, my friend. I know. <laughs> Welcome to America. America. They were like, we will pass you if you will stay uh-huh. off of the saw. <laughs> um, you know, She's never built a piece of furniture since. Not a thing. I, I made like a little cross or something that that was the extent of Popsicle what I did before I broke count. it. <laughs> but my point is, is that thinking about being in that, that's what I imagined when he was speaking, being in that class as a, you know, mm-hmm. whatever I was, 16 year old girl mm-hmm. with long hair. I want to start there too. And yeah. working around all of this stuff yeah. and, and just how careful you have to be mm-hmm. with things and me thinking about having this injury that I'm not even paying attention to mm-hmm. and how clumsy I would be and how much pain I would be in. And then I would be walking up to someone trying to point out a small piece of sawdust in their eye. Right. And the hypocrisy in that. Yes. And, and saying, okay, how does this change? Mm-hmm. You know, how does the way that Jesus looks at me and has seen me and has clothed me change? how I view others now I approach them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I left Sunday actually feeling very encouraged by what Christ has done for us mm-hmm. and walking away saying, you know, I need to, I need to really put more thought into how I'm approaching others. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that he kind of touched on the fact that the hypocrisy is what a lot of people outside the church have a problem with. Why don't you share that? You know, I'm so, sure in case someone didn't hear yeah, it. So he kind of talked about like, um, and I won't be able to like verbatim what he said, obviously, but just people outside the church see us as church members and people who profess Christ and say we're Christians, just barreling people over when they make a sin or when they make a mistake, yeah. you know? So he gave the example of a, a very, um, well-known pastor. Yeah, well-known pastor. I remember when that happened. Do yeah. You? So he was like very staunch on um, homosexuality and his views there that they were wrong. I don't really know how to set that up. But yeah. then turned out that he had homosexual relationships. Right. And so he had been the, involved in like a web of just yeah. addiction and just awful. So stuff. it came out like his sin came to light to right. the whole world apparently, and the church did not support him. Right. And come alongside and go, hey, let, let's walk with you through this. It was this right. onslaught of, you know, condemnation, really. Right. And so, and that's what people see. Right. They don't see the little things that go on. You know, like yeah. that relationship, they're just like, oh, no, people who go to church are hypocrites. Yeah. And so he touched on that in like, in saying, that's not who we're called to be. Right. You know, we're called to be a safe haven for people to come into. And when you're in here and make a mistake because you will, let's not crucify people. The actual name of the book is Why We Eat Our Own. That's right. 
Yes. And we can link to that and which also is, link to the sermon from Sunday. Which is the most like accurate when he said that, because yeah. I had never heard of that book. I was like, that is exactly what it is. Right. You know, I'll share a personal experience here. We, um, I had shared something with someone in passing one day um, about a sin that someone had committed. And I shared my interpretation of that. Um, with a group of friends, we were just sitting around and I shared something that I thought was common knowledge without really thinking through it. Mm -hmm. And, um, this, this will just let you know, like, I mean, this really hit home for me, uh, because it was a very public sin that had occurred. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got a call the next day from someone that they had heard that I had said that the night before. And I said, I, I did say that. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm 48. I'm past the point of denying, of saying, no, I didn't say I didn't that. Say that. that. I did this. this. Yeah. I mean, I said it. Yeah. I just wasn't even thinking that it was even an issue. That's mm-hmm. how quickly it came out of my mouth. I just thought it was common knowledge and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently what I shared that I thought was common knowledge, number one, wasn't common knowledge. And number two, yes. it was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And so I was left at that point where I had to like make a decision mm-hmm. to say, okay, either I just duck my head and run or I'm going to have to call these people. Yeah. And it was awful. Yeah. I called them Yeah. and I called the person that I said it about and just said, well, I, I sent them a message at first because I didn't even have their phone number. Oh Yeah. You know, that's what that's how important it was that I shared this information with someone. I'm not even personally involved with them. How about that? I mean, it was just ridiculous, stupid that I even said anything, right? So I so I call them, I get the phone number, I say, Hey, can I have your phone number? And I can see that they've read my message. Yeah. And no response. And then I say, I want to ask you to forgive me for something. Mm. Well, I called and just said, Hey, I want to tell you what I did. I, I said this about you and I didn't even really treat you as humans mm. because I shared this information in passing. Like it was just like, you know, pass the salt, right. you know? Yeah. And they were gracious and forgave me. Oh, that's kind. It was very kind because they, they did not have to honestly, because right. I mean, it was, you know, it, there's, there was no benefit in me sharing any of the information that I had heard that, you know, apparently wasn't even accurate. accurate. You know, it was just, I just said it because mm-hmm. we were in conversation about mm-hmm. the state of nothing, you know, I mean, what <laughs> I we know, there's right? no really reason why I should. Oh, that's the worst. But having to do that and having to say, okay, I did it. You know, I got to, I'm going to have to follow up with this and then going, you know, I, I'm thankful that I received grace in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then understanding, too, that it did put me in a situation to where now I don't know that I could call and say, hey, you know, can I walk with you through this? Because I don't know how trustworthy I would be Mm -hmm. to them, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that this was a good reminder for me um, to go, you know what? The Lord was gracious to let someone forgive me and grant that, you know, because they didn't have to, number one. But but then also to look into the future and go, I need to guard against doing that again. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking is like, they gave you grace, which you're extremely thankful for, but that one situation could really 
save you and someone else or a whole group of people later. Yes. Actually, from, you know, yeah. cause you may think back and go, I don't even need to say that out loud right. because this is what happened last time, you know? Right. Right. And it's, it's just not beneficial. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And it's, but it, it goes to that just being aware of yeah. our words and our thoughts and our actions without just like yeah. nonchalantly. And just, I think we need the Lord yeah. to do that for us. You oh. know, we need the Holy Spirit. Well, I was going to say that's where the Holy Spirit comes yeah. in. Of that, I mean, that instant conviction when he knows what you want right. to say. <laughs> and there's just that voice inside of you going, nope. One of the things that we were left with on Sunday was what the church should be. Mm-hmm. The church should be a haven for sinners and yeah. speck removers all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be a place where this is a place where we feel safe uh, to talk with, you know, each other mm-hmm. about what we're struggling with. And it should also be a place where others have the freedom to tell us, Hey, I'm seeing this and you may not be seeing this clearly. In fact, you're probably not seeing it clearly. Right. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I think I look back over the course of my life growing up and, and I think that, no matter how imperfect the church has been mm-hmm. um, it, historically, um, and I'm talking about personally, mm-hmm. and then also even now, I do see that there's a striving for this, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for that. Oh yeah. How, however imperfect it is, I think that that there is a striving and a trying mm-hmm. and um, a laboring for it, mm-hmm. and so. I, I think it's uh, it, it's encouraging. Yeah. And it, it really should be that safe space. And that is not to negate, you know, for anyone listening that's been hurt by the church. I'm not saying, okay, well, forget about that. Everybody's been hurt by the church. Let's just get that out Everybody. there right now. Yeah. Everybody's been hurt by someone in your family. Everyone's yeah. been hurt by the church. Yep. Every time someone tells me that. Because all these things are made up of people. They're all made up of people <laughs> and we're all sinners. Yeah. And guess what? You've hurt someone in the church. That's right. This is what I always go back to when people are like, well, I've been hurt by the church and they're a bunch of hypocrites. And I'm like, well, you've hurt someone in the church also. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you haven't, you have because yeah. you're a sinner. Yeah. And if you've been walking closely with this body, you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's going to happen again. Yeah. You know, I, I walk into this constantly saying, you know, um, we're not perfect mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you down for sure. Yeah. Me too. So, yep. But we're going to do the best mm-hmm. we can. Mm-hmm. And that's not because we're great. It's because we have Christ. Exactly. You know, like it just always goes back to that. Well, and hopefully we're, we're, you know, magnifying him. Right. Hopefully the only person that we're trying to, you know, shine the light on is Jesus and not um, all of our crazy right. ideas of who he is, yeah. you know. Because we're not doing that when we hurt someone, Mm-mm. but we are in how we fix, uh, like walk yes. in that, in forgiveness and repentance, and you know, even in in our messy healing. attempts to try to fix it. Yes, the fact that anybody tries to fix anything is where he's just like, "This is a good try. Yeah, we're doing it." You know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know? I, I was having a discussion with someone yesterday, and I said, "You know, here's the deal. At some point, y'all are going to have to choose to overlook each other's." you know, downfalls, their, their weaknesses, their, mm-hmm. their offenses. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to choose to overlook those offenses mm-hmm. and understand that, that again, we're not little robots. People right. are at different places. And and we've got to come to a point where we're going, we all have specs in our eyes. Mm-hmm. We all do. 
You know, it's like wearing a dirty pair of glasses and we're trying to get those things clean. You know, Mm -hmm. we're trying to, we're trying to get this, we're trying to do this yeah. and we're all trying to worship Jesus and I don't see my own stuff, you know? So right. Yeah. There you go. Totally agree. Tracy one Oh one. That's right. You can step off your soapbox now. Yeah. I'm just kidding. For real. No, I love Someone it. asked me you last night. You overlook my, my downfalls all the time. Agreed, you do. Someone asked me yesterday, like, how are you? I said, I'm about a negative 59 right now. <laughs> you okay. Know? Can, so, so I think like as long as we're at the place where we go, oh my gosh, this yes. is where we're at. <laughs> yes. Can I tell you something? Yes. When you said that, it reminded me of this. A few weeks ago, uh, <laughs> Okay, we were watching a football game, and I cannot remember now who the Eagles were playing, but that other team, yeah, it showed they the stat the in the second quarter. So we're okay. not even halfway through the game at this point. And the other team had like 115 yards, right? Right. right. <laughs> and it said Eagles, negative five. And I texted that to Todd, negative five yards total for the game. And I texted Todd and I was like, I feel like this is my life right now. I'm like negative five yards. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. But I Jesus. But, but Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. No. So great. Okay. But, well, but we. For the grace of God. <laughs> That's right. On every That's level hard. in my life. All of them. All of them, girl. All, of them. All right. Well, we want to hear what you thought about the sermon and what the Lord is walking you through. So email us at theucast at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram at the underscore ucast. Comment on a picture, whatever. Our social media team needs to get better about posting, but we're working on it. Where's that. our social media team? I, I mean, know. they're not showing up. I don't, we send them things to I'm post and they're not crazy. doing it. That team. All right. Talk to you next week. Talk to you later.